All, all across Grahamstown, your number one station, 89.7 FM. Grahamstown's youth station. Station with the best, 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 best music. Best music. I love the I music. Love the music. Best music. 89.7 FM. RMR. That is right, 89.7 FM Rhodes Music Radio, that is where I'm at. Um, and ushering us into yet another hour of Insightful Radio was Shaw Majosi Wakanda Forever. It is quite a chilly Thursday evening in Makanda, so if you are in or around the beautiful town of Saints and Sinners, do keep warm. Have your radio on as I will be your host until 7 p.m. Our time has just gone five minutes past the hour six o'clock. This is Makanda 360, a current affairs show which keeps you up to date with what is happening in and around Makanda. We do this every Thursday evening between 6 and 7 p.m. My name is Shantikosa and welcome to Makanda 360. Road Music Radio, the only station that makes you keep your hands up in the air. Grahamstown's music station. Grahamstown's music station. Grahamstown's just a huge shout out to my colleagues who kept you entertained for most of your day. DJ Razor came with the breakfast show. Younger Mama Kasi with your mid breakfast show. I know Mutlebantaba was here with the baseline. And after that, DJ RS took you for your afternoon drive until just a few minutes ago. And also to my colleagues in the news department for the news throughout the day. Do not touch the dial. I will be back to introduce what we'll be discussing after this. This is 89.7 FM. They say the future of the country lies in the hands of the youth. Rhodes Music Radio. Music Radio. Rhodes Music Radio. We are the future. Last week on Makanda 360, we looked into yet another problem that is faced by Makanda residents where it is reported that there have been delays in monthly child maintenance payments and most uh, Makanda mothers remain without their monthly child maintenance payouts. An update in this regard is that the Deputy Minister of Justice and Constitutional Development, Mr. John Jeffrey, will be conducting a ministerial oversight in East London tomorrow, the 21st of August 2020. The department has noted that it is aware of the numerous complaints relating to problems being experienced with the payment of maintenance predominantly in East London and Makanda areas. The Department of Justice and Constitutional Development has previously reported that the migration from the Justice Deposit System account to the Moja Pay payment system has on occasion caused technical problems. With this in mind, the Deputy Minister will be meeting with the departmental officials to receive a report on how the matter is being resolved. You will remember that last week we had a conversation with Unati and Linda, you know, who were just giving us an in-depth understanding, you know, to find out what exactly is happening in regards to the issue. It's just gone seven minutes past our six o'clock. Today on the show, we will actually start off with our main discussion for the day, which I am going to introduce in just a few minutes. After that, we are going to go straight into our Makanda updates. So I'll be keeping you up to date with your local COVID-19 updates as well as everything that is happening um, in and around Makanda. And then lastly, you know, just before we end the show at 7 o'clock, I will bring to you your community notices. So I will be back after this to introduce our discussion for today. They say the future of the country lies in the hands of the youth. Rhodes Music Radio. Music Radio. Rhodes Music Radio. We are the future. Hey, yo, what's up? Yo, this is 50 Cent. Hey, it's David Gerard. What's good? This is Nicki Minaj. What's up? Charlie in one sub, break it down, and twice you hear the sounds. Rhodes Music Radio, number one lifestyle youth station. Holla. Now. The interesting part about today's discussion is that it's going to be broken down into two. So the first interview will be with um, the attorney of the Magana Unity League who brought an application to the High Court to have the municipality acting in line or inconsistent with the legislation to resolve the crisis at the landfill site in Magana. And then after that, I will be having a conversation with the executive mayor of Magana Municipality who you know will be explaining to us why they haven't complied with the court order and what they are actually going to do to make sure that the situation is remedied since we know that it is a hazardous situation and it poses serious health concerns to residents in Makanda. And to join in on the conversation, you can reach me on our social media platforms on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. On Facebook, RMR89.7 FM, Twitter at RMR897, 
Instagram, RMR897. You can also reach me on our WhatsApp line, 066-410-4390. You can also call in the studio on 46 This is 89.7 FM. Your music, your station, your station, your music. RMR. So our time is 10 minutes past our 6 o'clock and we will be going straight to our main discussion for tonight. Makana Mayor Mr. Mzuki Simpashwa and Municipal Manager Mopo Mene have been given 30 days to comply with a 2015 judgment ordering them to bring the catastrophic municipal landfill site in line with legislation. If not, the pair could each face six months in jail. The application was brought by the Makana Unity League, a civic organization in June 2019, and was heard in December. They were represented by Mr. Bryn Brody and from the Wilden and Rashmir Cole and Senior Counsel Isaac Smart. On Thursday last week, the 13th of August, Judge Mikim Fanyana of the Gramson High Court found Mr. Mbashwa and Mr. Mena to be in contempt of the court for willfully ignoring the earlier ruling. The state of the Makanda's rubbish dump in the coming weeks could actually determine whether Makanda's mayor and municipal manager escape a six-month jail sentence. And to actually help us unpack this matter further, we are joined through a telephonic interview by Mr. Bryn Brody, who is the attorney of the applicants, in this case, the Makanda Unity League. And of course, our conversation wouldn't be complete without you. Um, tonight, we will be taking your questions on our social media platforms, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at RMR 897. Good evening, Mr. Brody, and welcome to Rose Music Radio. Good evening, Shanti. How are you doing tonight? Very well, thank you. Um, so just to start off the interview, could you please explain to us what the Makana Unity League is and what its purpose is? Yes, the, the Unity League is very similar to many Unity Leagues that you have all over the world. Okay. That uh, They are leagues that are formed by business and NGOs to... Uh, assist municipalities. Um, they're all over Canada, America, Europe, um, and it's so. Uh, this Unity League is based on mm-hmm. those types of Unity Leagues. Okay, so what um, what actually inspired the Makana Unity League to pursue this case? So the Unity League was formed about ten years ago. Okay. And the purpose of the league is to ensure service delivery in a municipality. Uh, but only four issues. One is clean air, okay. electricity, water, mm-hmm. and um, I think it's also uh, roadworks. So it's that kind of uh, service delivery. So may you please just tell us about the current state of the Makana landfill site? Yes. So we got the uh, court order a few days ago to say that the leave to appeal had been dismissed with costs. Okay. which means that the mayor and municipal manager are required to ensure that the um, landfill site complies with the court order and the permit. Okay. And on the 18th of August, which was uh, two days ago, photographs were taken of the landfill site to show that there was a raging mm. fire burning. Uh, there were pickers on the site in contravention of the permit and the court order. So although attempts have been made to try and sort things out there, we're nowhere near compliance with the court order. Mm-hmm. And the court order is very clear. It gives them 30 days to mm-hmm. sort it out. If it is not sorted out, uh, the Makana Unity League is allowed to go back to court and ask the court to impose uh, an imprisonment period of one year Mm-hmm. Um, so the first uh, contempt of court said that there was a su- suspended sentence of six months. Yes, yes, yes. So uh, one can lengthen that period if this is not fixed up within a year. And every intention is to bring the second round of the application if the landfill site is not fixed up. Mm-hmm. Um, the government itself released a government notice uh, probably about 15 years ago Okay. to indicate the dangers of burning um, landfill sites to the population. Yes, and the most yes. dangerous is the poisoning of lead in the water supplies. You can imagine now the smoke b- blowing over Rhodes University, mm-hmm. over the town. Uh, that lead ends up on roofs, ends up into water tanks, ends up in the food chain. It can go as far as 30 kilometers away. Mm. So it's a very dangerous situation mm-hmm. and something that we can no longer tolerate or live with. 
which actually, you know, um, breaches the residents' right to a clean and healthy environment. Absolutely. So it's in breach of about four or five different acts of parliament. Okay. Uh, clean air environment mm-hmm. and um, it, it, it can cause severe health issues that are long-lasting. Okay. So I just want to understand, the, the leave to appeal was dismissed on the 13th of August, which was last week Thursday, right? Yes. So did the 30-day notice that they were given start last week Thursday? Uh, the, the actual 30 days started when the first order was granted, but my instructions from um, uh, Professor Skay, who's the chairman, is to give them the 30 days as if it started okay. then to sort things out. Because we want to be fair, and mm-hmm. we just want the matter to be resolved in the best interests of the whole of Grahamstown. So you're giving them 30 days from when the court order was issued? Yes. Okay. So I just want to know, when did you start pursuing this case? Well, it started in 2015 okay. when we got the first order by Judge Pickering. Mm-hmm. And there was then um, compliance. The Department of Environmental Affairs gave this municipality $1.2 million back then to sort things out. And it was fine for about two or three months. Mm-hmm. And then it started again. And we brought the la- latest round of applications when the site had become extremely bad. The fences were gone. There were, in some photographs, 30, 40 people on the site. Fires mm-hmm. are, are started on the site, which then causes raging uh, fires that last for weeks on end. Mm-hmm. So now that the municipality didn't comply, what is the next step and what are the possible avenues um, you can employ to ensure that the municipality complies? So if they don't comply within the 30 days we're now going to give them, which will will take us probably towards the end of September, Mm -hmm. we'll bring the second application, which is to um, uplift the suspended sentence and then ask for an imprisonment period of one year. Okay. So that's the only way forward? That's the only way forward because we've already got a court order and it's now to ensure compliance with the court order. And the people who've got to comply are the leaders, who's the mayor and the municipal manager. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I read somewhere that now you want action taken against them in their own personal capacity and not just the municipality in general. Can you just elaborate on that, please? No, it's not, it's not in their personal capacity. So okay. if you are an office bearer mm-hmm. in charge of a municipality and you are ordered by the court to do something, yes. if you don't do it, you're in contempt of court. Okay. And that is as mayor or as municipal manager. Okay. That is how the courts enforce their orders. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mr. Mene, the judge has found, um, uh, perjured himself in his affidavit because of the lies that he um, uh, gave according to the court. And uh, the judge there, Judge Mfenyana, has requested that uh, that be investigated for perjury. Mm. So... What um, solution do you want to see concerning the landfill site? We when you say your case has been successful, what do you want to see? What we want is that the landfill site is controlled mm-hmm. as it should be in terms of the permit and the court order. And it's a very simple control because it means keeping the fences up, keeping people away from the landfill site to start the fires, mm-hmm. especially during winter because they get cold and they start fires there and the fires then spread, and then the whole landfill site is on fire. Mm-hmm. So we just want the, the landfill site controlled. Now, if you ask me what are all the rules there, there's probably about three pages of them. So, but the municipality, the municipality knows exactly what they're meant to do. Mm-hmm. So they are aware of what needs to happen, and that's just not happening. Yes. So is that the only case, you know, just out of interest sake, is that the only case that the Magana Unity League has pursued against the municipality? It is the only case, and mm-hmm. um, there's another case that was brought now by the Legal Resources Centre for the sewage that mm. hasn't been sorted out. Yes, uh, yes. But the Makani Unity League has only brought this one matter mm-hmm. because we, we, uh, the, the, the League makes the point that you can buy fresh water, you can um, fill potholes, you can do all that kind of stuff, but you can't buy fresh air. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, I get you. So now I just want to know, does the Makana Unity League, um, you know, take on cases that are brought by residents in town? Maybe, let's say, residents have a certain issue. Can they approach the Makana Unity League and say, this is the concern that we have and we need your assistance in, that, in this regard? Yes, they can. Look, it has, it has got a constitution. Mm-hmm. And as I said, the constitution is about service delivery. Not every bit of service delivery, but mm-hmm. the ones I mentioned. So it's electricity, water, clean air, sewerage, that kind of thing. And they can approach. So it has got a constitution, it's got a committee, it's got membership. Um, and uh, people can approach. Okay, okay. No, thank you so much. And now as we go towards the end of the interview, how can people get hold of you now if maybe they want to raise some concerns with you? Well, we've got a, our law firm has a website, so it's WRC Attorneys, um, okay. or they can contact Professor Skay, who is the head of the Rhodes Business School. Okay, are you able to give us contact details maybe? Sorry, I can't, but it is on the, on, okay, on okay, the okay. internet. Okay, um, no, that's I can't as I sit here right now. All right. But if you Google Rhodes Business School Professor Skay, you'll find his details. Okay. Or uh, WRC Attorneys as a website. Everything's there. All right. Um, thank you so much. Do you have any closing remarks? Um, just that we really hope that this chapter will now be closed and mm-hmm. that the landfill site will be controlled. Mm-hmm. Because all we want is to have clean air and a safe environment for ourselves and our children. And, you know, just to, to, to be hopeful, is this something that we can expect the change to happen before the end of this year? We, we believe so. Well, certainly okay. if it doesn't happen within the next 30 days and mm-hmm. uh, the, the problem is sorted, uh, we're going to see some serious action. All right. Um, thank you so much thank you. For, for joining us this evening and do have a lovely evening further. Thank you. You too. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. So that was Mr. Bryn Brody, who is the attorney of the Makanda Unity League in the Makanda Land Crisis case. And we are now going to go for a music break. After that, we'll be joined by the executive mayor of Makanda Local Municipality to continue this conversation further. Do keep it locked right here on Rhodes Music Radio 89.7 FM. Remember, you can reach us on our socials, you know, to join in on the conversation on all our social media platforms on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at RMR897. Our WhatsApp line is 06. 6410-4390. Do keep it locked right on Rose Music Radio 89.7 FM and I will be back after this. Broadcasting live 24 hours a day. 89.7 FM. They say the future of the country lies in the hands of the youth. Rhodes Music Radio. Music Radio. Rhodes Music Radio. We are the future. It has just gone 25 minutes past the hour, 6 o'clock. Welcome back to Makanda 360 right here on Rhodes Music Radio 89.7 FM. Those were the sounds of Amifaku Ebai. If you have just joined in, we just had a conversation with Mr. Bryn Brody, who is the attorney of the Makanda Unity League, which brought an application to the Grahamstown High Court on the mismanagement of the landfill site. And we are now joined by the Executive Mayor of Makanda Local Municipality, Councillor Mzuki Simpatha, who will be continuing the conversation with Good evening, Mr. Councillor, and how are you doing tonight? I'm fine, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on Rose Music Radio. Yes, thank you. Now, Councillor, on Thursday, the 13th of August, you were found to be in contempt of the court um, for willfully ignoring an earlier ruling to bring the municipal landfill site in line with legislation. What is your response to that? Why has the municipality not complied, considering that the case was first heard in 2015? Yes, you are quite correct. The, the case was heard in 2015. Mm-hmm. And Justice Pickering ordered that the municipality must comply with about eight uh, sectors that must be implemented. Mm-hmm. Uh, since then, and then last year, the Makana uh, Unity League approached the court to say that uh, the municipality uh, is in contempt of the court and that uh, that contempt was willful and malafides. In other words, it was intentional. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the court... Uh, uh, ruled in favor of Makana uh, Unity League. Mm-hmm. 
And then it was that ruling that Makana municipality appealed. Uh, and then on the on March 2020, uh, the High Court dismissed the appeal mm-hmm. uh, of Makana municipality. So what we were arguing in court was that the non-implementation uh, of the 2015 uh, order by Judge Pickering by the municipality was not intentional and it was not willful. It was not malafides, in other words. In other words, the municipality has always been trying its best to address the issues that mm-hmm. is in the court order of 2015. Okay. Now, Councillor, you said... Um the municipality has been trying its best. Can you just tell us briefly what you mean by that? What have the municipality been doing? Well, for a start, after the the league uh, approached the court to suggest that uh, the Makana did nothing, set and did nothing since 2015, uh, as you know, these were different... Uh, administrations, although it's the same municipality. Uh, The current administration which I am leading uh, and the municipal manager, uh, we joined the municipality only a year from now. A year, six months need to be exact. Mm -hmm. Um, So what we did after that, we appointed a company called Mpele. Um, precisely because we, we we understood that we do not have sufficient capacity inside the municipality to manage uh, that site. And I must tell you that the landfill site is a very uh, complicated uh, uh, asset, if you like to call it that, uh, in many municipalities, uh, not only in Makana. Um, it's a very difficult uh, uh, facility to manage. So we, we realized that we don't have the capacity in-house. So we appointed a company called Mpele uh, to say it must come and assist us to manage that facility. And part of the terms of uh, its appointment was that it must address all the eight points that were raised by Justice Pickering uh, in the 2015 uh, ruling. Okay, so now... On a a monthly basis, we were receiving reports from this company that we have appointed to run and manage that facility on our behalf. On a monthly basis, we were getting reports from them in terms of how far they are in, in addressing those issues. And my understanding, I may be subject to correction, I was advised by the officials that uh, the officials, our officials, will meet with the uh, Magana uh, Unity League uh, members that have uh, taken the municipal to court and jointly will monitor the progress in the implementation of this uh, of this uh, facility. Uh, that was the impression I was given, and I was always under the impression that that is what was happening. Even the last report that was submitted to council was showing visible improvement in the management of that facility. For instance, uh, the first thing you have to do is to, because the fence that was there was stolen a long time ago, so we started off by erecting a fence into uh, that facility. That fence is complete now. We have uh, people that were now appointed to manage the vehicles that are coming to dump uh, illegally there. And then, uh, so we we, we had uh, people that were actually running and managing the facility on our behalf. So I was under the impression that uh, those reports, uh, the court is is taken abreast about those uh, facilities that we're trying to, to, to manage. 
Okay, thank you so much for that. Um, now I just want to ask with regards to the judgment that was given last week on the 13th, what has the municipality done since then? And I'm asking this because we have actually seen evidence of pictures that were taken yesterday where, um, you know, there were still, the, the landfill site is still not maintained. There is not much difference that has happened for this week. So has the municipality done anything to address the situation since the judgment last week? Well, as I said, we, we had appointed Mpele to run the facility after the, the judgment of uh, last year, which found the municipality to be in contempt of the court. Um, in that contract, uh, I was told that it came to an end a month or two ago. And then in the meantime, the municipality had uh, some measures to whilst they are opening up another, they've opened up a tender for another contract uh, that will manage the landfill site. So it was almost on a month-to-month basis that uh, uh, this other company was assisting the municipality. So I am not aware if of the pictures that were taken last week. Uh, so I, I have to familiarize myself with this facility because I have been to the facility but I was there uh, when the fence was finished, and I saw pictures. I took the pictures physically there, and, um, and 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 I must say that since we had appointed Mpele, um, at least we had a relative quiet uh, outburst of fires in the facility. I think it's almost a year now, so since we last saw some fires, so which means. What is whatever that was being done um, was a, a work in progress. Okay. Um, how does the court case now impact the municipality and its endeavours to deliver services to the people? Look, um, I, I've always made this point, and I've never been, you know, taken on uh, my views on it. The municipality, Makana municipality, is owed uh, now is running to 600 million rands um, by residents, by businesses, and by some government departments. But of course, the biggest culprit is the, is the residents. They owe us um, more than 500 million rands. Now, <clears throat> which means that uh, the, the financial capacity of the municipality is highly restricted um, when it, in terms of revenue, uh, in terms of revenue collection. So, whilst that is the case, the municipality must, within the 70% revenue recovery rate, be able to appoint this company and and remember, this is the o- not the only service that the municipality has to attend to. It has to attend to other court cases, which include uh, taken to court for sewer spillages, um, which includes uh, trying to defend the municipality from uh, a court application and a court decision by UPM, and also trying to fix potholes. Uh, bring water to the people. Uh, so the, the, the financial muscle is, is highly constrained by this reality. So whatever little money we are able to collect and get from government through equitable shares, we have to attend to all of these issues. So I'm saying within that constraint, the municipality is doing its best to make sure that it does not only fix the landfill site, but it also fix all the the the, 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 the water so- spillages that you find. It must fix the water, must fix the electricity. It must. It's a very difficult space to be in. And it's not only this municipality, by the way. That's why I started by saying it's not only this municipality. Every single municipality in the country is facing this serious challenge. Uh, of not having enough money. The example I normally make is that if you have a plan to 
recover 10 rands from your residence and your businesses and so on, and you only recover six rands, it's only natural that uh, you can only t- you know deliver six rands worth of services. Surely you can't deliver 100% because you are constrained. So it's a financial issue. It's a financial issue, in my view. It's a financial issue. It's a financial constraint. Now, being a municipality, again, once you start to take action and cut electricity of people and cut waters for people who are not paying and all of those things, the very same community will go to the lawyers again and say, our right has been infringed. You know, people are not, uh, no. <laughs> so you're you between a hot plate and fire as a municipality. A rock and a hard place. <laughs> it's really not very easy, I can tell you. Okay, um, Councillor, I'm quite glad that you mentioned some of the other issues that are being experienced in the town. Um, so it's not just the landfill crisis, but we do have, you know, other issues like electricity. But I'm more interested in the other case that was brought by the Liga Resource Center. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. You should be with regards to the sewages that are not being maintained and the spillages. So. I'm interested in knowing, is it the same company that is employed to deal with the landfill site that um, also has to look at the maintenances of the sewages? No, no it's not the same company. Um, the Legal Resources Center uh, represents a group of residents in Matana East whose houses were affected by sewer spillages over a long period of time. Um, so it's a different company altogether that is uh, there. The, the, the main problem that you have there in the, in the, in the, in the sewer is a different one to the landfill side. One, the pipes that are used to carry the sewer uh, are old and, uh, uh, and then they are small also in volume. So what happens is that because the city is growing with more people, so the capacity of those pipes to, to manage the, the volumes is highly constrained. As a result, there are blockages. But also, you also find that other problems that, that cause the blockages is the, is the material that is put into the sewer by the residents, which blocks the, the, the water from flowing through. Um, for instance, when a drain is blocked and is opened by our workers, they find all sorts of materials that are not supposed to be there, including uh, napkins, uh, rocks, uh, you know, clothes, and so on. So when that happens, then the water has got no way to go through. Then the only way it can do is to come back. And then that's when now it goes and spills. So you've got a very old and aged uh, infrastructure, which when you cost it, it's going to cost us about 365 million rand to replace this infrastructure. <laughs> now, I've already told you that uh, we are owed by the residents uh, more than 500 million rand. <laughs> yeah, I, I hear that. And I think... Uh... Now, how do you balance that? You know, um, so I think that's why that's where the challenge is. But we, in the little money that we have got, we are replacing some of these pipelines. Some of the pipelines are asbestos, and they are more than, uh, you know, 20 years. And their lifetime, their lifetime is only 20 years. Some of them were more than 100 years. So we have to begin to replace those pipes with the plastic ones, uh, because the, obviously asbestos will, uh, you know, over a period of time spill through. So we are also replacing, we've got a program, we've appointed a company to replace some of these pipelines uh, of asbestos with uh, plastic ones so that they can be more durable. So we, we are also engaging with the Legal Resources Center to put in case our case right in front of them so that they can really understand the difficulty that we find ourselves in as a municipality. Okay, I hear that um, the the sewer 
spillages uh you know you're saying that residents are partly to blame for that now minister are you aware about the car that fell into a ditch this morning at Fitzroy Street because there was a ditch that was dug by the municipality and it went for days without being filled. Yes, I'm aware. I was there actually this morning after it was brought to me and I saw that uh, that place uh, in terms of that. And then I, I asked the officials who were there as to what happened. So the the answer I got was that you know, when there is an opening of a road, like, 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 like the hole, obviously you must have some ropes around so that people can, can see, visible ropes, can see that uh, there is a ditch there that has been dug to fix the very same pipes that are old that, and, and, and that are causing all these spillages in the city. And then there's also a big yellow... Uh, thing that is normally put when you are doing those kinds of uh, work in those things, which was also quite visible, big, and I saw it. And the report I am go- I've got from the uh, workers that are there was that this tra- this car apparently went through that ro- uh, those ropes and and went through that that yellow uh, thing that is normally put there and right inside there, that hole. And they have they've written a report, and, and that report is going to be taken to their municipal officials in terms of their side of the story. Yes, I was there this morning. I saw that thing. Okay, our time is 17 minutes before the hour 7 o'clock. And just to remind you that you can join in on the conversation by sending me a WhatsApp text or a voice note on our WhatsApp line 66 410 Councillor, do you think that with the 30-day deadline that was given to you by the Makana Unity League, are you going to be able to meet that deadline? Or are we at least going to see a change before the end of the year? Our, our instructions to the officials is that uh, they must engage uh, Makana Unity League, even outside of the court. Uh, and whatever it is that they are going to do to try and comply with the 30-day, they must share that uh, information with Makanali. And whatever constraints that they have, they must be open to them to say, this is a constraint that we have, so that they can take the applicants into confidence in terms of what they are capable of doing and what they are not capable of doing. Um because uh, that's why I'm saying it's, it, it is really, for me, a financial issue. Look, for example, we were taken to court by ESCOM for non-payment, and ESCOM was threatening to cut the electricity supply to Makana. And there was a court order that was given, and we told the ESCOM that the kind of repayment plan that was in place was not feasible for us to do. We could not. So we, we engaged ESCOM. And we revised the repayment plan, and then it became a court order because both of us and ESCOM went to the court and we said, this is what the municipality is saying it can be able to pay every month. And since that day, uh, the municipality has been paying that money religiously, monthly, within the same little constraint financial capacity that I've alluded to. As a result of that, ESCOM officials nationally have commanded the municipality to say it is an example of a municipality that is complying with its payment to ESCOM. One, only one in the country that I would look at. So I'm saying even within the little money that we have, we have to try and pay all of these people ESCOM, landfill sites, sewer, now it's going to be roads, now it's going to be this and that. It's not easy, my dear. It is not easy. Unless the businesses play their part and pay what is due to the municipality, unless residents come to the party and pay what is due to them, unless the, some government departments also pay. For me, I would be much happier if Everybody would be saying, we have paid the money, you have got the money, now how are you going to do the job? Then I would be 
have no leg to stand on. Mm, I hear you. Now, there is a question from the listener, and I'm glad that you touched on the issue of it being a financial matter once again, because the question is, how is the municipality planning to recover the money owed to it by Makana residents, since this whole thing is a financial issue? What we have done, we have uh, adopted a council resolution for the third time now. A, a debt relief scheme to the fact that if you are a resident, for example, you owe municipality for more than 180 days an amount, let us say, of uh, 10,000 rands in your rates and service charges and so on. If you come to the municipality with that debt, um, the municipality has that agreed to that policy, this debt relief scheme, to say automatically you are going to get a 50% discount. In other words, you will only be owing 5,000 rand in this case. And then the other 5,000 rand that you are owing, you can then make an arrangement to pay it over a period of time. So that is one way that we've been trying to make sure that all of the people come into the municipality and, and, and pay because we need money. Now, the businesses are also allowed to come to the CFO, explain their situation. Now you know we're in COVID. Some businesses were not operating for three months, and some of them have closed shop. So we're not getting money and that you are supposed to be getting. So we are saying that's one way of trying to recover this money. But the second way, particularly for the people that are indigent, that cannot afford Government has got what is called indigent policy, in terms of which those people who own, who, who, who receive less than 4,000 rand, 3,600 rand to be exact, those households who earn a collective amount of less than 3,600 rand can come forward and apply for an indigent. Government will then fund the municipality for a certain amount of water, and for a certain amount of electricity, and government municipalities do not have to charge them for the rubbish uh, collection. So, if the communities can come in their thousands, those that uh, think that they qualify, then municipalities will be able to claim that money from the central government, and then will be able to have the capacity, the financial capacity, to deliver the services. Now, at the moment, people don't come. But the service is still being delivered to them. They still get the water. They still get electricity. Um, so those are the two strategies that we are trying to 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 adopt to, to get the money. But thirdly, I've said to the CFO, please let me have a list of the big businesses that are not paying so that I can have some conversations with them and understand their situation and have some kind of arrangement in terms of how they can... Because we need to have money. We need to get money so that we can fix these roads, we can do these things. Uh, just an example. Let me just give you an example, a simple example. And your listeners, I hope they are listening. One day I met a, a, a member of the taxi association, and he said to me, Mr. Mayor, we were discussing as the taxi operators that we must have a convoy to your office with a petition, because the roads are damaging our cars. In other words, in terms of the state of the roads, with all the bottles right in the township, whatever, colored township, black township, town, the roads are terrible. Everybody can see them. And I said to this person, look, I agree with you, because I'm also driving through these roads. They are very terrible. They are very terrible. But let me tell you one thing. I will take that petition. But I will tell you that in order for the municipality to fix this road, the municipality needs 325 million rand to fix all the roads. Now, we don't have that money. I'll be honest with you. So I was just trying to show the person that whatever we can do, unless we have the money to fix the roads, it's going to be difficult to fix the roads. I'm telling you, we need about 325 million rand to fix all the roads here. But in our own budget, 
we've only allocated a mere two million rands to fix the roads. It's not even a drop in the sand. Not going to make any difference. So I'm convinced that our problem is a financial problem. Unless the communities of Makana jointly working together, uh, come together and fix this problem, which is a national problem, it's not only in Makana, of raising the revenue of the municipality. And then you can hold the municipality for non-performance if they've got the financial muscle. Okay, it has just gone eight minutes before the hour seven o'clock. And as we wrap up, uh, Mr. Mayor, there is another question from a student, right? So the question goes, the country's move to alert level two will see more students returning to Makanda and students are afraid to return to Makanda because of the lack in service delivery, considering that we are within a COVID outbreak. Can the mayor assure students that they will be safe upon their return to Makanda? Um, I can within the powers that uh, the residents have. You see, as a COVID uh, uh, team that is in Makana, since uh, the lockdown, we've got what is called Joint uh, Operation Committee, where all the departments come together. Um, The police, the army, uh, social development, SASA, health department, education, you name them. Uh, including civil society organizations like uh, uh, GRA, uh, you know, councillors. So all of us are in this big meeting that meets virtually. And every week we meet and we assess the situation. Um, Education people, public education, roads is part of this, uh, awareness, uh, and so on and so on. And for a long time we managed to control or at least to contain the, the spread. But uh, as the lockdown regulations were relaxed, um, we started to see the rise in the affection uh, of people that are affected. Precisely because people are no longer uh, you know, properly wearing the mask, people are no longer uh, observing uh, social distances, and so on. So we had the, we had the rise now uh, in, in, in affection, the rate of affection. So what we have done, we have said now uh, this thing must now go back to the level of the ward and have these ward-based committees that will continue with uh, public education, uh, making sure that people observe the regulations and so on. But, But basically we are saying it is now in the hands of each and every individual to protect himself or herself, and in the process protect those closer to them. So basically we are saying let's all work together. Let's not stigmatize people that, uh, because once we stigmatize the people that are are infected by COVID, uh, those people are going to go underground. And once they go underground, they are going to travel all over the city and infect many more people. So stigmatization is going to cause more havoc. So we just need to have a, a humane uh, approach to people that are infected, that anybody can get this illness and people can recover. What is uh, at least uh, making us feel good is that the recovery rate is very high. But that does not mean we must let our guards down. We must even be more vigilant in terms of protecting ourselves. So I would say to people that are returning, yes, we are doing our best as a municipality with all our partners um, because we also need to open up the economy, open up the shops and so on so that people can earn a living, livelihood. Uh, But when people come back, they must just make sure that uh, they comply with these regulations to protect themselves. It's now... As Tata Mandela said, it's now in our hands. 
All right, noted. It's just four minutes before the hour seven o'clock. This brings us to the end of our discussion. Thank you so much, Mr. Mayor. Do you have any closing remarks? Uh, my closing remarks is to really uh, thank, uh, have uh, expressed my sincere appreciation for the efforts that have been made, particularly by the health workers, our doctors, our nurses, uh, our healthcare workers. They are really at the forefront. The workers in the municipality that are continuing to clean the, the rubbish and so on, making sure that we get the water on the and they are also affected, by the way, and we've lost some of our workers due to this pandemic. Um, so I really want to say a very sincere thanks to all of those frontline workers that have really protected us uh, from this virus. I also want to say a very sincere thanks to all the organizations and the departments that participate in the job meeting every week. Uh, doing our best. I mean, we've done everything. We've taken people from the landfill side. We've given them accommodation. Um, they are also getting three meals a day. Uh, so we really, really uh, have to pat our backs on the work that we have done. Uh, so I'm really thankful to each and everyone. The last word is to say, it is now in your hand. Keep yourself safe. Keep your family safe. Protect yourself. Obey the rules. The fact that the liquor has now been opened, please don't abuse liquor. Please don't abuse women. Gender-based violence, we are condemning it in its strongest terms. There's no need for men to uh, violate our women, our mothers, our sisters, our daughters. We are saying down with gender-based violence. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Mr. Mayor, for joining us, and do have a lovely evening further. Thank you very much, ma'am. Thank you. That was the executive mayor of Magana Local Municipality, who was just chatting to us about the landfill crisis, you know, and other service delivery issues, and also just explaining the challenges that they've had with complying, complying rather, with the court order that was issued in 2015 for them to remedy the crisis at the landfill site. And, you know, just to quickly give you your COVID-19 report this evening, Sarah Badman District, um, the civilians report is as follows. So far, there has been 33,317 total number of COVID-19 tests that were done. Of those, 5,761 have tested positive, 5,399 have recovered, and there has been 199 total number of COVID-19 related deaths, and there has there is currently 163 active cases. And right here in Makanda, we have recorded a total number of 1,079 cases. Of those, 23 are currently active. There has been 1,009 recoveries and 47 deaths. The recovery rate is currently standing at 94%. And, you know, those are just the updates as far as you're concerned. And also just to note that um, as complementing stage 2 load shedding between 9 a.m. and 10 p.m. today. So residents are urged to reduce electricity usage in order to assist ESCOM to reduce the instance of load shedding and to keep the lights on. Um, and if you're not sure which phase um, you are in or which level you are in, you can check the ESCOM website, but we are currently experiencing stage two load shedding. It is exactly seven o'clock. We have now come to the end of another interesting one-hour journey of Makanda 360 with myself, Shantikosa. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in. I had a lovely discussion with you. If you will be joining you from now until nine o'clock. So from seven to nine, if you will be here, DJ Reza will be coming tomorrow morning with a breakfast show. Nasipi Matlatu will be bringing you your breakfast news and I'm out of here. I will be leaving you with the sounds of Black Diamond featuring Java. Memeza, do have a beautiful evening. The number one hit music station.